Thanks for joining us online today. We're really glad you're with us. Yeah, Core Church is a place of hope, healing, peace, and purpose. And we want you to come see us at 10 a.m. any Sunday. And if we can be of any support to you, we'd love to connect with you. There's lots of links in the description below, whether that's prayer or support in any way. We pray that this message is going to both encourage you and inspire you. All right, if you got a Bible, we're going we're gonna to start a new series today. We're, we're going to be in e, the book of Ephesians, chapter 1 and chapter 2, so you're going to have to pick where you want to be. All right. <laughs> Ephesians 1 or Ephesians 2, and if you don't have a Bible, always encourage you to download Version. It's a great app to have, or Bible Hub, another great app. I use both of those. And our word for this year has been inconvenient faith, that convenient Christianity is the enemy of your soul. If you want to walk out of a valley of dry bones, it ain't going to be easy, and yep. it's not going to be convenient. And We've been talking about these eight practices that really help us to stay passionate. Like, man, you, we can pray these prayers and hit, the breath of God can come back into our lungs, but, but, but we don't walk out of the valley. If we don't allow and continue to walk and follow Jesus, as we talked about last week, then, then we go back to the valley of dry bones and wonder what happened. So these eight practices are what guide us. And so this year we've been talking specifically about them. We're calling them the eight inconvenient practices because they're not, they're not easy to do. And we are up on our practice right now called godly friendships. Godly friendships, or as we're calling this series, inconvenient friendships because yeah. <laughs> friendships ain't convenient. No, they're not. <laughs> I mean, to think about it, like how many times do you text somebody and go, hey, let's get together. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to text you. And do you ever get that text? Yeah. Like rarely. Do you let's ever, do lunch. You yeah, know, let's do lunch. The lunch or, that man, never we happens. need to do that. Hey, we need to get together. <laughs> man, it's been a long time. And because it's not easy, you, you, you got to be intentional about those relationships. And so we're going to be talking about this. And I encourage you again, as we talked about earlier, get into a group. If you're not in a group, we've got yeah. uh, core growth coming up in September. Excited about this. New videos that we're shooting. We, we've got, uh, we're rewriting some of our curriculum for that. This is going to be a time where we're going to do a deep dive into these eight practices. So if you're not in a group, grab a next step card, fill it out. We'll find a group for you to be in. Or better yet, if you're in a group, man, shoulder tap somebody and say, hey, are are you in a group? And and, and talk to somebody. And if they're not, invite them into yours. So Ephesians is where we are. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 5 is where we're going to be. We're going to read out of the New Living Translation. Laura's going to read uh, Ephesians 1, 5, and then I'm going to read Ephesians 2. Um, You can... Uh, pick your favorite person up on this stage right now, who you want to. <laughs> uh, okay, Ephesians 1.5 says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family. Let's say that uh, together. Adopt us into his own family by b- bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So today we're going to be talking about the church as family, that we are family. So he reiterates this in chapter two. Go to chapter two, and uh, I'll look at verse 19. That's where I want to be, chapter two, verse 19. And uh, he says this, so now, and this is Paul writing this, so now you Gentiles, and if you're new to, new to church, you're like, I don't even know what a Gentile is, okay? I mean, is that some kind of supplement you take? What is that? I don't know. Is that a new one I need to? Uh, no, Gentiles, anybody who is not a, a Jew. So if you're Jewish here, you are, you, you're not a Gentile, but the rest of us yeah. that are are not Jewish, are the Gentiles. So he says, so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. Again, here he says, you are members of God's family. I love that he goes on and says, together we're his house. 
built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. We're gonna talk for a few minutes here about the church as family. Will you pray with me again? Father, thank you for the moments that we've already experienced and your presence being here. And now as we open up your scriptures and your word speaks to us, uh, help us to take away those things that you want us to know in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, uh, Brad and I, man, we, we love family. I, I don't know. We just connect with family. It's so important to us and so valuable to us. Yeah, it's always been a high value. In fact, we've got uh, four kids. Yep. Uh, if you're new, you may not know that. Four kids, they're all adult children now. Uh, we still call well, them kids. Our kids, even though our oldest is 37. Yeah. <laughs> but don't you get kid. called kid? I mean, doesn't your, you walk back into the house, no matter how old you are? Like, uh, uh, I mean, as old as I am, I'm a grown man, and mom still says, I'm a, I'm a kid. I'm still yeah. her child. I'm her boy. And I'm like, but I I kind of like that, you know. But we have four, yeah. and throughout our marriage, family has been an incredibly high priority for us. And yeah. being together, spending time together as a family has been important. Yeah, and the way that we did that is we love to go on trips. We would take all our money, and we would just scrape it together, and we would take the kids on a trip. Now, we should clarify, road trip. Yes, no. because, you, you know, paying for six <laughs> airfare tickets, yeah. it wasn't not going to happen. And I know some of you are like, that sounds like my worst nightmare. That's uh, all my family in one car. But that, we just love to go together and kind of explore. We made it an adventure. We made it like a journey. And uh, so this one, we were going, well, not one. We did many trips to Los Angeles, California. But this is one that we were going, and we were heading out on Christmas Eve. And so as it, the month progressed, I had let Brad know that we were going to be taking a Christmas tree. There, that was a non-negotiable for our car is that we were going to take a Christmas tree. Hang on, now, we, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, because we got to clarify this. Okay, so those of you that know Laura, I mean, Christmas is her jam. I mean, she spent all July watching Hallmark movies. I think I've already saw every Hallmark movie yeah. for Christmas in July, so right, Buddy, Terry? Back me up, yeah. So yeah. when when my people, Terry's like, thanks, thanks for just pointing that out. And well, Buddy raised his hand. Terry, I'll take your man card. Buddy, I'll take your man card after the service. I come see me. Will he's yeah, just? You're just jealous. Well, you, very. Anyway, <laughs> man, I can't tell you, man. Anyway, so but the, I want to clarify this. Laura wasn't meaning like take a Christmas tree, tie it to the top of the car, and then when we get there, set it up. No, we were traveling on Christmas Eve, and she said, we will have a Christmas tree decorated and lit in our car in the as car. we drive. That's right. And we did. <laughs> we did. Along with... Uh, stockings. I had stockings for every kid, because we're going to be... I mean, it's Christmas, right, Mom? She even tied I mean, something I, to the antenna that blew off somewhere outside of Albuquerque. And we're still trying <laughs> to think where that is. Somewhere in New Mexico yeah. is some kind of a Christmas thing. But this... This specific time, we were headed to Los Angeles, and we get to about Flagstaff. And we actually had uh, uh, we had a hotel in Flagstaff uh, for the night. We were going to get up and head on into Los Angeles. But when we got to Flagstaff, what we didn't know is there was a snowstorm, and everything was shut down. There was no places. Luckily, we had a place to go for a hotel. But there was nothing, no places to eat. Nothing's open. It's 
Christmas Eve. Well, there was one thing that was open. There was one thing that was open, and it was our favorite. Denny's. Denny's. Denny's yeah. was open. We're like, that, we're we, doing this thing. Yeah. We converged on Denny's with like 14,000 people. It was, I felt so bad. For I've never place. waited so long for food yeah. in all my life. I they, mean, they actually sat us at the counter because there was nowhere else. Some people were standing and eating. It was the most ridiculous sight you've ever seen. But what was so important for us, though, was, you know, aren't those the moments that bond you as a family? I mean, when you go through adversity yeah. together as a family, and it, it, for us, it doesn't it didn't matter whether we were at Denny's or yeah. we were in Los Angeles or at home or where we in, family was so important to us. And I think this this is a picture of the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that the church is family. It's yeah. It's not just a place that we meet on Sundays as strangers, but we are a people who do life together. Yeah, and and if you think about it, a healthy family, a healthy, loving family is a, a place where you feel loved and accepted and you come together to be together. It's about the, the presence of being together. So what does it look like to be a, a healthy church family? What, what exactly does that mean? I think... Think that we in in our era, and we can only own our generation. I, yeah. I think we're losing sight of the church as as family. So let's look at what Paul says here in verse uh, back in chapter one and verse five. Let's go back there. He said this: God decided in advance to say this with me, adopt us into His own family yeah. by bringing us to Himself through Jesus Christ. This is what He wanted to do, and it gave Him great pleasure. Yeah, I love that that thought of adoption because when you see that, um, Brad and I, our youngest two, uh, we adopted them when they were babies. And uh, man, you know, if you're here and you've been adopted or you've adopted uh, a child, you understand that, that there's a spiritual thing that, uh, that connects you with uh, your uh, kids that you adopt or your parents. It, this was a spiritual uh, adoption uh, with remember, our little ones. I remember when we were going to adopt and they called us and they said, uh, hey, would, would you consider adopting? And we said, absolutely. It was just a no-brainer. But I remember talking with God and the same questions I know all of you have if you've never adopted. God, I, I, I want them to be my child. Yeah. I don't want to think of them any different mm-hmm. than any of my, my biological children. And I don't know how to explain it. Only adopted uh, children and families can. God supernaturally like birthed them in our heart where yeah. the only time, we never think of them as adopted. No, a lot of times we actually like forget they're adopted. Yeah. And matter of fact, um, our uh, son that's adopted, Jeremiah, matter of fact, uh, he all the, he was so proud of being adopted growing up that he would go to the school and he was, he's kind of loud, but uh, he would tell everybody that he was adopted. Mm. And then everybody would see dad walk in and on like parent night or whatever, and they'd say, you're lying, Jeremiah. And because he looks exactly like, yeah, you He's look my, exactly my, like Jeremiah. You, you have to understand our biological uh, boys, um, they were stunted by me. They're stunted, they have stunted growth because of me. And, and, and they look so they just ne- like me. Yeah, they never got to six <laughs> feet tall, but their brother who's adopted is six foot three. Uh, and yeah. yeah. But you know, this kind of spiritual uh, birthing, this spiritual connection is really a picture of the church. It's about being grafted in. It's about being brought in and loved and cared for and, and n- n- no conditions. It's an unconditional love that 
we have for each other in the church. One of the crazy things Jeremiah would say is people, when he would talk to his friends about adoption, is he'd say, your, your parents didn't get to pick you. He said, my parents got to pick me. I love me. how he framed that. And, and that stuck with me because that's God. Yeah. God didn't have to pick us, but he did. He picked you. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them he chose you. Turn to somebody and encourage them. Tell them he chose you. Like he said, I want you. And he grafted us into his family, as Paul talks about here, through Jesus Christ. It's the blood of yes. Jesus. Like, how are we brothers and sisters? Like, anybody remember growing up, if you grew up in the church, they used to say, brother so-and-so, and hey, sister so-and-so. And I used to have that language. Yeah. I never knew what that meant as a kid. Now I do, because it's through the blood of Jesus. His Jesus' blood runs through my veins, it runs through your veins, and that makes us spiritual brothers and sisters. So I want you to turn to somebody who is not your family, yeah. And I want you to tell them, hey, good morning, brother. Good morning, sister. Come on, turn to somebody. Tell them, good morning, brother. Good morning, sister. I love in the end of this verse, it says, this is what God's plan was. And this brought him great pleasure. This is God's plan all along for us as people, that we come together in a community and that we love each other. Yeah, it wasn't just something like a good idea. He's like, that'd be cool if they got together. That'd be cool if they spent time together. Yeah, if they want to, that's optional. No, God's like, this is the great, this is what I, this is my full on intention. This is the yeah. thing I love more than anything is to graft people into my family. I, I think of the um, organization, the 111 Project here in Oklahoma, and many of you are familiar with that because we partnered with them so many times. They do incredible work and they, they help children that um, have been taken out of their home and these children who have this sense and this feeling of abandonment, this sense of being alone, this sense of no family, sense of failure that these kids have and, and a sense of wandering that they have. And they do one of two things. They either help them unite, reunite them with their parents or if that's not possible, to get them into a forever family. And this is who God is. And this is what the church is. Because, you know, we come in the church and we have feelings of not being accepted and judged. And the church is a place that we should come where we feel acceptance. And we feel that um, love and that deep satisfaction of being together. And that, that we're included. That there's no one excluded here. Now, I don't know if anybody here has adult children. You don't have to raise your hand because you're just going to say, hi, I'm old. Still don't do that. <laughs> but if you have adult children, what's, what's been hard on Laura and I yeah. is we love to be together as yeah. a family, and now our children are, are all adults, and we aren't able to be together oh my because gosh. they're we, spread out. We used to have such great family nights. I mean, family night at our house turned into a talent show. So he, Brad and I would just sit back on the couch and watch the kids run through and do flips. And I mean, it was so fun and we were connecting and there was no interruptions and that was important to us. But now it's our family night has, because our kids are in Colorado and Michigan and California. And then we have one here that he's 24 and you know, we don't see him as We see him less than anyway. the ones who live out of state. <laughs> What is that? What boys. But, you know, our family night has now turned into uh, FaceTime. And, and that's not easy because, you know, family night, you're just like, ooh. But FaceTime is, there's just that, like you're, it's just good enough to see them, which I'm thankful for, but not enough that you can actually reach out and touch mm -hmm. them or hug them. Or, and it's just that realization that I, can't, I, 
I can't really connect with you. I think we all get that. You probably have some family that lives out of state. And you know, it, yeah. it's, it's just not the same thing. And this is something we all experience as a church. Remember early, anybody remember oh the gosh. beginning stages of the pandemic when we couldn't yes. even do this? Remember that like years and years ago? <laughs> and we were... <laughs> I we were just do- remember being on Zoom with people. We were doing Zooms because we were trying to keep up our small groups. And, you know, everybody, anybody, everybody wait, wait, was wait. trying to figure out how can we keep... <laughs> together we had this great, and support each other. We had this great idea, Zoom groups. <laughs> Did you hear the groan from some yes. of our staff? Yes. Oh, that's from some of our group leaders as well. We tried so hard. We said, no, get on Zoom and, and connect. Yeah. And so people did for the first like week, there would be like 10 of the 12 group members. Because they were desperate. And, and then the next week, there would be like six. And then the next week, there would just be their name yeah. and, their, <laughs> like, and they'd be you're muted. You're not even there. They'd be muted. Cause they're, cause they're, you know, they're catching up on Yellowstone. They're not gonna. But I'm, here, I'm here. Yeah, you know? yeah. I've been loading the dishes, you know. <laughs> but I mean, we all. And I mean, even like, remember when all we could do was church online? Like some of you are watching right now online, and you know, it's just not the same, is it? It just doesn't feel the same as being it feels a little here. Off. Yeah, and and there's a reason for that. It's because we are analog creatures living in a digital world. I studied this extensively, actually, during the pandemic because I felt like something was off, and I was like, what's off? Something is off, and what I learned was we are analog creatures living in a digital age. We weren't meant to communicate through digital devices. That's not how we're created. They're great tools. They're great supplements. They can be helps to us, but it's not our primary way because let me explain. Let me give you a 30,000-foot view of this. Analog works like this. The frequency runs like this, okay? And so all of you here in the room right now, you're hearing me, you're seeing me, you're experiencing everything that, that can't be experienced digitally because if you're watching online right now, online, it's like this. This is how frequencies move. It grabs the closest frequency. It doesn't roll like this. It goes like this, and so it grabs the frequency, and it's why when you're on FaceTime or you're on Zoom or you're trying to watch church online, you're like, it's just not the same. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't it, it feels off. It's because that's not how we were created. We weren't created yeah. to connect or communicate that way. I have, I have uh, vinyl albums. I have a huge, extensive vinyl album collection. And uh, the other day I was listening to ELO. I don't know if anybody remembers ELO, Electric Light Orchestra. Put your hand down because you're old. Okay, a bunch of old people in the room. Some of y'all need to be introduced some good music, okay? So I was listening to that on my headphones while I was mowing. And then I went in and I put the album on and I was like, whoa. I put on the vinyl. I was like, whoa, this sounds so different. Why? Because digital does this and vinyl goes like this. And you're hearing every single sound because we were meant to connect with yeah. one another. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is that when we, we've noticed this in the last two years during, uh, since the pandemic started, that our need for a human uh, connection. Matter of fact, you read that um, in uh, that magazine, that that's one of the top things is that people are desperately needing connection. We have a picture picture of this. This is a National Geographic that Laura and I saw just recently. This was the cover of National Geographic. This is is in a Christian magazine, people. Mm -hmm. It says, research reveals how our connections with others keep us what? Healthy, healthy wow. church, we need to be together yeah. as family. So Paul reiterates this in the next chapter. Yeah, in 2.19 he says, you are members of God's family. 
Together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. Okay, so this we need to stop here for a moment, kind of help uh, explain a little bit about this letter, a little bit about how they did church 2,000 years ago, because if you are new to the church experience, this is not how church has always been done. Okay, uh, they, the early church, when this was written, which would have been a few years after Jesus ascended to heaven and Paul gave his life to Jesus in a crazy experience and he goes out and he starts all of these churches and originally they didn't have big buildings to meet in. So they, they would meet in houses together and they did it not just like on Sunday, but they did it all the time. They did life together. Yeah, this was the, the essence of church was it was highly relational. It was all about being together under the, uh, the scriptures that say that Jesus is the cornerstone, the thing that unites us together, and then we do life together. So what they would do is they would, they would get this letter so it wasn't, it wasn't, they get a letter from Paul, everyone would gather, they get excited about it, and they wouldn't say like we did today, hey, open up your Bibles to Ephesians chapter two, verse 19. There was no such thing. Yeah. In fact, chapters and verses were only added to the scriptures like 600 years ago. There was no such thing as chapters and verses. They were just added by one guy who said, let's make it easier to reference and find scriptures. That's why sometimes we pick a scripture and we use it out of reference because that's not how it was originally written. So they would get together. Could you imagine if we stood up today and read the entire letter? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Groaning. That's what you're doing right now on the inside. But this is, this is what they would do. They would yeah. gather together. They would get a letter. And here's the thing. They read it together. They didn't make copies of it and then say, hey, everybody go home and study this in your quiet time. They didn't do that. Now, is it good to have a daily devotion? Absolutely. With the resources we have, the opportunities we yeah. have. But that's not what they did. They would come together. They would study the scripture mm-hmm. together, ask questions together. Now, another thing you have to understand is that they didn't have this part of the Bible right here. They didn't have the New Testament because it was being written. Like all, Paul says this, he says, uh, He says, together we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. What's he talking about here? What he's saying is God's building his house. He starts with the, so it's the apostles. In other words, they had some of the letters and some of the stories and some of the apostles were still alive. And so they had their letters and they were sharing their letters and they were learning about Jesus. And and they said, but not just that, but we also have this crazy thing called the Old Testament. That was the scriptures they had. When they, whenever you hear in the New Testament, they reference scripture, they're talking about the Old Testament. They're talking about the Jewish scriptures, but Paul's saying the Jewish scriptures pointed to a Messiah who was going to come, and so they would teach out of the Old Testament about Jesus, and then they would take the letters from Paul, and they would distribute those around, and they would all gather, and they, they were learning and living the gospel in real time. Yes, absolutely, and you know what's so unique is that was really core groups. That's our core groups right now, that uh, a area, a place where you can come together with a smaller group of people, you can be authentic and real, you can come with your questions, you can come with your thoughts about, I'm, I don't know what I think about this and I'm just trying to figure this out. This is what core groups are about. This is what, this is what the early church did. They were like, what? Like, so the Jew, you gotta get the picture here. The Jewish people are like, well, wait, what? We're not, so we're not sacrificing anymore? No more sacrifices yeah. for wait, 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 you know, which the sheep were like, yes. <laughs> and so the Gentiles, they're like, wait, 
So now we can, we can come in, we can, we can be a part of this, and we don't have to be circumcised? The men were like, yes. This, this, is, this, is, this is core groups. This is, we get yeah. together. We ask the hard questions. What does that mean? What, yeah. I don't understand this. And we're supporting each other and we're encouraging one another. Well, and also back then, it was a lot easier to get together um, because they were in such a small proximity. It, they were close and they didn't have the distractions that we have. You know, think about it. All the distractions we have in a day, in a week. It's like we got to go here. We got to grab this. We've got activities. We need to do this. But they didn't have those distractions. And so for us, we have so many things vying for our time. And that's why it's so important that we fight for this. It's important that we get together and have these times where we can be authentic. We can be real and we can learn from each other. Yeah, I mean, your presence matters. Come on, turn to yeah. two different people and say, your presence here matters. Your presence here matters. Your, your presence here matters. Paul talks about this in, back in chapter 2 and verse 21. Look at it again with me. He says this, we are, say this with me, what? Carefully joined together. So we're carefully joined yeah. together in him, becoming what? A holy temple for the Lord. Like you're not here by accident or by chance. You have been divinely placed yeah. in this body. We have been carefully joined together. You're, this is not an accident that you're in this community of people. You have something to offer. Yes. And when you're not here, you can't offer it. Like when you say, I'm just gonna stay home today. I'm not, you know, I'm, I, we're, we're, you know let's go to group next week. And I get that, I understand that, I understand the, the context of that, but then your presence is missed. Mm -hmm. you're, needed, you're needed here, you're needed in your core group. It's so vitally mm -hmm. critical that we are doing life together. You've experienced this firsthand in, in your life. Well, yeah, because you know when you are going along and things are going great, you know uh, it's fine. But when you hit a hard time, that's when it's great to be in a core group already. Uh, for me, several years ago, you know, we have four kids, and one of our kids had really um, hit rock bottom, and it was really difficult. And I was trying to um, be a support to them and encourage them because, you know, as a parent, you want so badly for your kids to make the right choices and um, my child was not making the right choices. So for me, I was trying to figure this all out. And of course, I was also thinking, like, is it me? Um, you know, moms and dads, it can be really hard when your kids are acting out. You begin to think, was it something I did? Could I, could I have done something differently? And for me, it was getting around a group of women that love Jesus. Mm. And that kept pointing me back to to the front and center where it's like, you know what, Laura? One of the most important things they said was, God is not finished writing their story. Mm. And that gave me the strength to say, okay, that's my center. And you know what? I have to get off thinking about myself and I have to care for myself and then also trust. Mm. So they spoke, Laura, you've got to give up control to God. You've got to start trusting God with your child because it's going to end up taking your peace and your strength. And you know that, parents, 
I mean, our peace is gone if our kids are hitting rock bottom. But that was what really helped me to come together and go, okay, I have to believe. So for that to happen, then that helped me to gain faith that God was going to do something and that I had to step back and believe. That was my, that was what I needed to do was believe. What really drove the early church, I don't want the worship team to come, the, what really drove the worship team, excuse me, drove the early church, um, drove the worship team to the stage. Come You're back. a little rattled. Oh, what really drew the early church together uh, was persecution. They, uh, the Jews who became followers of Jesus, they were basically excommunicated. Like, you know, you you don't have a family anymore. And what they were believing was so radical. I mean, like, I mean, Jesus, he's the Messiah. And then the Gentiles who were coming into the church were like, you're going to go hang out with those Jewish people? If you're going to go hang out with them, uh, I'm hanging out with you because Jews and Gentiles didn't get along. And I'm going to just say something that I think is so true. I know what's wrong with us. I know what's wrong with you. I know what's wrong with me. It's too easy. It's way too easy to be a Christian. You can go be a Christian online. You don't have to be here. Why are you here? Why are you getting up? Why are you getting dressed? Why are you coming in here to be with these people? Why, why would you do that? Well, it's so convenient and so easy to stay home. You don't even have to watch it live. You can ride your exercise bike. You can, you can listen to your car where nobody even knows that you're listening to it. Like, it's so easy. And I... I, I, don't, I don't want persecution. But I'm not sure that's a bad thing. I hope that's not what it takes. I hope that's not what it takes. I hope that God has prophetically awakened this body yeah. to say, we're gonna live differently. We're gonna go back and we're gonna learn from these people and we're gonna, we're gonna lock arms with one another because we may not get persecuted for your faith, but man, life is so stinking hard. It's so difficult. When Laura was sharing that about one of our kids, we were in ministry. We're supposed to have it all figured out. We're supposed to have all the answers. We're not supposed to have problems. We're not supposed to have kids that are going inside. We're not supposed to have any of that. But we did. And we do. And you know what I love about that? I didn't say this, Brad. I'm glad you reminded me. Was one of the things that these women did for me is they didn't judge me as a mom. So then I could look at my child and not be judgy with them and believe in faith. I think that's important for us right now is that we've got to stop judging people and doing these quick judgments and actually care for people because that's when things are really going to change. Would you stand if you're able? One of the things I'm really happy about as a dad and as a mom, as Laura and I made a decision early on that we were gonna, 
we were gonna do life as a family. We were gonna spend time together. We were gonna invest in our kids and we were gonna be together. And that's gone. And I look back and I go, I'm so grateful I invested. What I want for you, what we desire for you is that you say, I'm, I'm gonna be invested in God's family because I'm needed here and because I need someone. And what I don't want for you to do is wake up one day and go, man, what happened if I had only invested in God's family? We hope the message you heard both encourages you and inspires you. Yeah, we'd love for you all to come and see us at Core Church at 10 a.m. any Sunday. And if we can support you in any way or you'd like to get connected with us, there are links in the description below. Thanks again for joining us online.